We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Ready? Down! Put, 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 put! This is the Bear Report Podcast. With Zach Pearson, Zach Pearson, and Aaron Lemming, Aaron Lemming, providing extensive coverage of the Chicago Bears. Go Bears! Presented by Blue Wire Pods. And now, here are your hosts, Zach Pearson and Aaron Lemming. What's up, Bears fans? Welcome to another edition of the Bear Report podcast, getting you caught up. On the latest with the Chicago Bears as training camp rolls on and the Bears are set to play in their second preseason of the game, a Thursday night primetime showdown in Seattle. We'll talk about that, how it impacts the starters in terms of playing time, a little shuffle on the offensive line from Tuesday's practice, plus all the latest that's going on with the Chicago Bears, including their first preseason game. I'm one of your hosts, Zach Pearson. I'm joined, as always, by my co-host, Aaron Lemming. And Aaron, we are one preseason game down. Looking forward to another preseason game, and soon after that, man, we'll be ready to roll here into the regular season. Yeah, it was just, you know, even though obviously the Stars didn't play very much, it was still nice to have Bears football finally back on TV, finally something to watch. Obviously, you know, you were there and dealing with all the traffic trying to get in and all that stuff. But, yeah, it's uh, it's just good to finally have something to to analyze, to talk about, not just the same stuff from the off season that we, you know, that everybody is beat into the ground over and over. We finally got to see some of it play out on the field, obviously not in a meaningful situation, but it's at least something worth digesting. And like you pointed out, it's a quick turnaround. I, I really feel like the bears and the Seahawks, because both of them played on Saturday um, Seahawks actually play later than the bears. And it feels like both of these teams got screwed over in the preseason, especially when considering, I mean, the preseason is for, you know, getting your starters up and ready to go, if that's the case, you know, figuring out roster situations. It just doesn't seem to make a whole lot of sense to me for them to have played a game on Saturday and then turn around and have a Thursday night game. Because like you pointed out, there are ramifications to what's going to happen and what should be the dress rehearsal game. And now things are going to be a little wonky for both teams. Well, preseason's a little different now. We have the three games instead of the four. This is the second year they've done three games. And for a team like the Bears, who have a new regime and a new head coach, we kind of don't know what Matty Rufus is going to do. I mean, a couple of years ago, if Matty Rufus was the head coach, you kind of get an idea because with the four, it's a lot easier, um, even on a short week, at least you have that extra game to kind of uh, judge your players. But yeah, I mean, it's tough now because we heard him talk today here on um, Tuesday 
And he said, you know, what, like six to seven or 10 reps that the, the first team is going to get? Not much. And that's because he doesn't want to burn out his players. And yeah, they had Sunday off. They'll have Wednesday off. But they played a game on Saturday. It's not like they played a game on Thursday. So you get kind of screwed with that Thursday primetime nationally televised. What is it? I think it's, is it Thursday night football or Monday night football? They're calling it. They're calling yeah, it. I think it's Monday night football yeah. on Thursday night. Yeah. Yeah, it's 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 weird, and um, yeah, it's nice that the Bears get to be showcased, but at the same time, like we're not going to see many of the starters out there for very long. And now it's like the the storyline for me is okay. You have this game, but what's he going to do in that third preseason game where it's typically you know all backups and it's it, you don't see the starters? Now you're in a situation where it's like, oh, okay, like you might have to play your starters a little more. It's just kind of new territory for Matty McFluis and us. And I'll be kind of curious because either way, it's going to impact something. It's either going to impact the starters getting reps or it's going to impact the guys at the bottom of the roster, maybe getting fewer reps than they would in a more traditional preseason. Yeah. And that's, that's kind of the thing, especially, I mean, both, both the bears and the Seahawks are in a very similar position. I mean, neither team is, is very likely to compete for a playoff spot this year. Both teams are kind of in that, rebuild phase i mean obviously seattle traded away um you know they, they they traded away russell wilson and you know they let bobby wagner well actually they cut bobby wagner i think if i remember that right either way he's gone so it doesn't yep, really they cut him because either. he got a big deal remember that yeah exactly so it's it's one of those things where both teams are in similar spots and you know much like the bears trying to figure out a lot of their roster you know seattle's got a quarterback competition you know, they got a quarterback competition going between Geno Smith and, and Drew Locke. God bless them. But there it is. I mean, that's where they're at right now. And it's it's kind of one of those things where you're already talking about having, you know, a shorter preseason. And then all of a sudden you're kind of shortening that preseason even more for these two teams because now you're looking at a situation where both teams are playing on five days rest. So, yeah, it's a very – complicated situation it's unfortunate for a team like the bears where quite frankly i mean i think we can all agree that the offense needs a hell of a lot more work um than what they have and now you got to figure out you know do you play them more in the week three preseason game where you go from a thursday game to a saturday game so they're going to have you know plenty of time to kind of figure things out or do you just basically say okay you know this six to ten snaps or whatever it is maybe a little bit more maybe a little bit less um you know, maybe that's that is the dress rehearsal, and maybe they're comfortable enough going in. But it's uh, you know, and this is kind of where things get interesting too, because after this weekend, I mean, it, it's in terms of training camp, it's over. They go to regular practice schedule, so there's not a lot of evaluation time left. There's not a lot of time for um, you know, the Bears to kind of get things squared away offensively. I mean, they've been missing a lot of guys. You know, Byron Pringle. Uh, Vela Jones Jr. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. I guess you can count David Moore, although I don't know that he was going to make the roster anyway, but uh, they've had a lot of different injuries. Cole Komet didn't play in the game. David Montgomery didn't play in the game. So it's just a tough situation for the Bears to be in right now, and it's very unfortunate that the NFL didn't have enough foresight to you know, maybe schedule their first game on a Thursday instead of a Saturday. Well, that's the thing. You know, you mentioned the offense needing the extra work. That was the first thing that pointed to my mind. I mean, being out there at these practices and sawing and seeing what we saw on Saturday, I don't think there's an argument against it. I think everyone should agree and everyone, you know, it should be aware that this offense needs more reps. And, you know, they played on three series against the Chiefs for the most part, the first team offense, minus a couple of guys. Now going into Seattle, I mean, 
depending on what happens, we're going to get one drive. And if they go three and out, two drives. So you're looking at, let's say a best case scenario, you're looking at five drives through two games for your offense. And this is an offense that's still going through and learning the new scheme and installing the new scheme. And if this, this would be a different case if, you know, this was, like, let's let's just throw it out there, 2019, where the Bears kind of already knew what was going on. I mean, Matt Nagy didn't play any of his starters, and I didn't understand that, but at least the reps would have been there. At least they're an, a team that knew their offense and what they were going to do. I mean, the Bears are still going through everything and trying to put it all together. And, you know, I'll, they can go up there and say that they feel comfortable with their at and everything like that. They're going to say that, obviously. I don't think any fan could sit here and, and feel comfortable with where the offense is at through this point. It's August 16th. And, you know, they're still making mistakes. The offensive line had a terrible practice on Monday. They're still making mistakes out there with penalties. They didn't look great in the first half against the Chiefs. So, yeah, they, they need as much work as possible. But you run into that. Like, you can't rush them out there again and, and just play another game, what, five days right after. I mean, obviously the regular season, you're going to do it. It's different circumstances. That's where the kind of the bears get screwed. And I feel like we're going to be leaning to, or we're going to be heading towards that game against the Browns. What is it? August 27th, where we might see a full first half from the offense, um, depending on what Matt Eberfus wants to do. Yeah. It's going to be very interesting to kind of see how this all pans out. And again, I mean, you're looking at situations where, I mean, guys are minorly banged up, but they're still banged up. I mean, you know, Jaquan Brisker had a big game on Saturday, and now he hasn't practiced the last two days. So it's pretty unlikely that we see him. And, again, obviously it's just preseason and it's a limited amount of snaps, but it's also a situation where you would like to see your rookies. You would like to see, especially, I mean, talking about their offensive line, I mean, you know, that there's some unsolved pieces going on right now. Obviously – it appears that Riley Reef has got the right, you know, right tackle spot locked up. He's got one of the two tackle spots locked up. And I think pretty much what it is right now is, is, you know, whether it's him or whether it's him saying this guy's a veteran, he knows what he's doing. We don't need to start him in the preseason, whatever it is. But I mean, if you look at the offensive line right now, you know, you got a situation where I guess you could still technically call it a competition between uh, Braxton Jones and, and uh, Larry Borum, but I think it's pretty clear right now that that Braxton Jones, barring you know an injury or some catastrophic outing from him, he's probably going to be the week one starting left tackle. But even then, you still got a situation on the interior where center and right guard are somewhat in flux. Now, obviously, if Lucas Patrick is good to go and you know his hands healed and he can play center, he's going to be the week one starting center. I think he's going to be starting week one. It's just a matter of where. But then right guard you got a situation where, you know, do you slide Sam Mustafer back out to right guard and give him the starting position? Do you, you know, do you stay the course with a guy like Michael Schofield or, you know, with Tevin Jenkins playing right guard the last few days? And it sounds like he may actually get the chance to start, you know, is, is that a possibility? So that's kind of the disadvantage to where I, you know, and I guess you could keep that starting offensive line out there a little bit. I mean, the reality of it is, is Braxton Jones can use the reps, obviously, uh, you know, Larry Borum, wherever you put him on the offensive line, he could use the reps. Same thing with Tevin Jenkins. I mean, he hasn't played guard. So I think it was his freshman year at Oklahoma state back in 2017, you know, so it 2017 or 2018, either way, it's been a while. So it's just, it's kind of an unfortunate thing where you have to you have to balance the risk of seeing one of your you know your starters go down. I mean, we've seen it in preseason every single year. I mean, we saw it a few years ago with Cam Meredith. Uh, we've seen it this year with a guy like Zach Wilson, where you know, thank God, you know, for his sake that 
it, it only ended up being an MCL, you know, or a PCL or whatever it was. I can't remember exactly what it was, but either way, it was, it wasn't a huge thing. And, you know, but they, they narrowly avoided missing their second year quarterback, you know, having being out the entire year. So you have to be able to weigh them. But at the same time, I think the bears are in a spot right now where you have to get, especially these younger guys, these more unproven guys, you've got to get these guys out on the field as much as possible and it makes it more difficult. And it also puts you in a, in a weird spot going into that third game in terms of evaluation where a team like the Browns, I mean, they obviously, they got their own questions with, you know, the Deshaun Watson stuff, you know, the, the, the Deshaun Watson situation and everything going on there. But in terms of the majority of their roster, I mean, they're pretty well put together. I mean, they're a team that they pretty much know who's going to be starting where obviously they got some things to figure out at center now that they've lost both of their, the, you know, both of their centers over the last week, but you're probably not looking at a very fair evaluation because let's just say you use week three as your dress rehearsal game. You're probably going to be playing against mainly second and third stringers. So, I mean, outside of maybe, you know, seeing some mechanical stuff and seeing how some of the stuff goes, you're not going to be really looking at a situation where it's going to be an evaluation of the bears ones going against the Browns one. So it's, it definitely with, with a shortened preseason and with the way that this has been done, it makes it a little bit more interesting. Um, you know, the good news is, and, you know, kind of as we saw uh, this last weekend was the bears have some pretty exciting young guys. I mean, a lot of their rookie class showed out, um, you know, they even had some undrafted free agents step up a guy like Demarcus Gates step up. Like there's some interesting names on this roster and yes, it may be the bottom end of the roster, but I think even though it's still early, I think we have to give the Bears new coaching staff and maybe even the front office, depending on what the directive is, some credit here. Because, you know, it's one of those things in past years, and obviously the team was in a different situation. They were trying to win. But in the past years, it took a lot longer for rookies to slide into starting roles. It took, you know, younger guys and more unproven guys a lot more time to slide into, you know, first and second team roles. And this year from the Bears, we're seeing that they're willing to do anything that they think is going to help them, not only now, but in the future. And I think that is huge moving forward. That's something that we harped on a lot last year, where those last six, seven games of the season, when everybody knew that they were out of it, that's the time that we should have been seeing Tevin Jenkins. That's the time that we should have been seeing Larry Borum. That's the time that we should have been seeing Thomas Graham the entire time, Daz Newsom, guys like that, where you need to see what you have in that roster and the bears are getting a very early start on. It. And I think that's worth mentioning because it makes things obviously more entertaining for us as fans, especially if you follow the bottom end of the roster and, you know, kind of some of these guys that they don't even have to be starters. Some of these guys can just be kind of, you know, contributing pieces on a team, but it makes it a lot more exciting to be able to sit back and watch these games, especially like a game on Thursday where we're not going to see the starters a lot. We're going to get to see some of what could potentially be the future, whether that's starters or depth pieces. And I think that's worth something. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors. According to indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. 
And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Yeah, and one of the guys that you mentioned here... um, just now was Tevin Jenkins and he's been with the right or he's been at right guard the last practice Tuesday. He was with the first team um, right guard. And that's significant because you look and like you said, you know, right now, I think the starting lineup, the starting offensive line is um, Braxton Jones, Cody Whitehair, Riley Reeves, Sam Mustafer, and Michael Schofield, unless Lucas Patrick gets back. If Lucas Patrick gets back, he automatically slots in there at center. But Tevin Jenkins at right guard is interesting to me. He started two games there in college. It was uh, 2017, so I believe it was his freshman year, like you said. And coming out of Oklahoma State, there were draft analysts that thought he was a better fit at right guard um, f- for you know what NFL teams wanted to do, depending on their scheme. And I think him getting the shot here, and he might get some extended playing time on Thursday – He's got a chance to really turn this around, this this training camp. I mean, where were we about 10 days ago with, with Tevin Jenkins? No one knew. We, I mean, there are reports out that they're trading him. There are reports out that he was feuding with coaches, stuff like that. We don't know if any of that's fully true or not, but he has a chance here to kind of impress on um, Thursday night in Seattle. And I'm guessing he's probably going to be a guy that's probably going to play the entire first half or, or play majority of the game at, at right guard. Um, you know, he's not slotted in as a starter for the regular season. So why not get a look at him and, and watching him against Kansas city? He played right tackle. He wasn't bad in my eyes. I think he had one or two bad plays early. He had the, um, illegal man downfield penalty, missed a block on a play after that. He settled in pretty well. And, you know, he told reporters after the game that he's still in his ramp up period, which tells me that, you know, that injury probably was a little serious. He still won't say what the injury is. I, I I think it's the back. I think it's pretty obvious it was the back. Um, but looking at him, man, I mean, this is a big opportunity for him and a big opportunity for someone like Laurie Borum. And I don't think Riley Reef is going to play. I don't think Michael Schofield is going to play on Thursday. So you're getting your two second-year offensive linemen that you drafted last year a chance to show, hey, you know, maybe these battles are still open. You know, if Tevin Jenkins comes out Thursday and he looks really good or even looks dominant out there, I think you've got to get him some more reps with, with the ones in practice. I, I don't think Michael Schofield is a lock at all at right guard. I, I think Riley Reef is probably, like you said, going to be one of the tackles, barring you know an injury or let's say Braxton Jones or Larry Borum really out, you know, just going out there and, and flat out dominating and winning over the coaches that much. But right guard is an open position for for Tevin Jenkins, and that's his best spot right now to, to, to win a starting job. And for me, he's got a golden opportunity right here to, to go out and do that on Thursday night. Yeah. And it's, it's definitely interesting because I mean, we, we talk about right guard and I mean, let's just be honest, like Michael Schofield was terrible. He was absolutely terrible. Oh, really Saturday. bad on Saturday. Really bad. And I understand, you know, some people are gonna say, well, it was Justin Jones, but Michael Schofield's a veteran. Michael Schofield somebody that has been around the league a while and has had some pretty successful seasons. And to be completely honest, he's always been a better pass blocker than he's been a run blocker. So 
that was a little alarming to me. Um, but, you know, and I, I won't lie. I wasn't overly impressed with Tevin Jenkins. On second look, it wasn't nearly as bad as, you know, the, the, the first look. And obviously I had him as one of my losers before. I, it, my biggest thing with, with Tevin Jenkins is, is I don't think he moves that well. And that's something that is a little concerning to me, considering he was much more athletic and much more fluid of an athlete at Oklahoma state, which tells me, yeah, that back's still an issue or, you know, the surgery from the back, maybe he doesn't trust it or whatever it may be, or it's limiting his mobility. So maybe a move inside the guard is going to do him some good. But I think when you're looking at this offensive line, I mean, let's be honest, man, they gave up two sacks. The starting offensive line gave up two sacks Justin Fields was pressured on over 33% of should have been a lot more sacks. Sorry. Yeah. It's kind of one of those situations where, you know, they have a lot of work to do now. Obviously there's some relief knowing that, you know, they at least brought in two veterans that have starting experience. And I think Riley reef will be fine, you know, all together, but it's still a situation where they've got a lot of work to do because, you know, as we've seen, man, the Bears receiving core is not going to be a very good one. Darnell Mooney is is going to be Darnell Mooney. He's going to be really good. That's not really a big concern. But after that, you've got a lot of question marks. And we've talked about this multiple times. You cannot have a bad offensive line and a bad group of receivers and expect to figure things out. And that's not to say that the Bears need to have a top 10 offensive line or even a top 15, but they need to be able to give Justin Fields enough time they need to be able to run block they need to be able to keep things balanced they need to be able to run the offense that luke gets he's trying to install right now and i think you know at this point you got nothing to lose man because the, the, that's kind of the thing you know michael schofield is nice to have he's nice to have his, his depth because let's be honest injuries happen especially along the offensive line so it's it's not really one of those situations where you you can't have too much depth you know but at the same time you have to look towards the future. I mean, we talked about this multiple times where, you know, if the bears somehow make the playoffs one, I'd be shocked, but two, that'd be fantastic. That means a lot of things went right for them, but the more realistic scenario is that they don't make the playoffs, which is completely fine. But you, if you can come out of, let's just put it this way. If you can come out of 2022 and have your, you know, one of your starting, like your future starting tackles, whether that's left tackle with with uh, Braxton Jones or whether that's right tackle with Larry Borum, and you could somehow figure out right guard moving forward. Like, let's just say Tevin Jenkins just slots in and, you know, looks really good. And, you know, you can feel good about those spots. And all of a sudden you're looking at a situation next year where, you know, if you don't want to keep Cody Whitehair around because he costs too much, which is a very realistic possibility, you can let him go. And all of a sudden you're looking at only needing to fill one of those tackle positions. And you have a guy in Larry Borum who will probably prove to be at least a quality swing tackle, which has a lot of value in its own. So you're not only building depth, plus all the draft picks that they've had, you know, along the offensive line as well, but you get some of these situations figured out on the offensive line, which I think is vastly important at this point in time. So Again, obviously don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but I think that even putting themselves in the position to be able to do this, to be able to say, okay, you know, Tevin Jenkins, like, you know, you're not going to win a tackle job at this point. Let's try to slide you inside, you know, better late than ever, but let's try to slide you inside, uh, you know, to guard and let's see what you can do here. And I think the other thing to kind of keep in mind, kind of putting my conspiracy theorist hat on here is, I almost kind of wonder, I don't know if this has crossed your mind at all, I almost kind of wonder if part of the contention 
that the Bears and Tevin Jenkins had with each other when those, you know, those trade rumors came out and everything else was maybe Tevin Jenkins didn't want to slide inside. And now he's realizing like his only real shot to starting on this offensive line and his only real shot with the Bears right now is probably going to be on the interior. Yeah, that's that's interesting. I haven't really thought about that. Um, yeah, because, I mean, you're right. You know, he played tackle last year. And in college, he played tackle. He does not move well. You're you're right on that. Um, and I don't know. I mean, maybe, yeah. I mean, they approached him and said, hey, let's move you over to right guard. And this is your best opportunity to make the team. This is your best opportunity to start. Um, because let's not forget, I mean, he played tackle, right tackle, all of the offseason, except for the final six practices of OTA's mandatory minicamp, where he was pretty much demoted to the second string and then eventually down you know, to third string going into training camp, getting reps there. So, yeah, that's kind of interesting. I I haven't thought about that, Um, but it is a good point. And I think that is something to kind of, I wouldn't even say it's a conspiracy. I think that's like a legit, (laughs) a legit question to ask. Now we're never going to get an answer on that because he's, he's going to decline to answer that. And Matt Eberflus is going to decline to answer that. And I'll probably say that, you know, say something that, will kind of just uh, be non-relevant, um, kind of like he does with injuries. But, yeah, I mean, that, that's kind of interesting to, to to think about. And, you know, with Tevin Jenkins, I just keep going back. I, I don't think he was fantastic and, and great on Saturday, nothing that would show me dominance. I didn't think he got better as the game went on, uh, but still a lot of work to do. And I think, you know, being in that ramp-up period for him is just – you know, he's got to continue to push through, got to continue to get better every day. And and now you got a game situation um, to, to get better. And, and speaking of the game, Aaron, we should talk about our friends over at Odds Trader because the NFL season is quickly approaching here. We are in week two of the preseason. In just a few days, we'll be going into week three, which means the NFL regular season will be kicking off in just a couple weeks. And you need to get ready and do so with Odds Trader. If you're a sports fan and you bet on sports, this is the best website for you to compare odds from all major sports books. It gets tough going around looking to your favorite sports books and seeing who has the best odds, who has the best promos, things like that. Odds Trader does that all for you. It's pretty simple. You go to their website, you can see the different signup codes, the different promotions, the different odds from every single game. College football is coming. NFL is coming. The, the MLB is going into their stretch run of the playoffs. In a couple months, we'll have NHL and NBA. The World Cup in under 100 days. It's always a fun event to, to bet on, even if you don't like soccer. There's plenty of it on there. And Odds Trader offers handicapping, player statistics, key game statistics, live scores, play-by-play updates, game day weather. And the best part about it all that I love the most, bet tracker. I know if you're listening to this, you've probably sat there on a Saturday morning or Sunday morning with all your bets for college football written down on a piece of paper or the NFL, whatever it is. They have a bet tracker that allows you to keep records of your games and betting activity with live updates. It is perfect, especially if you're going through those morning games, afternoon games, night games, and even the late games on the pan on the Pac-12 after dark and Hawaii out there on the island. So make sure you check out oddstrader.com slash blue wire. Odds Trader, the number one site for all your game day bets. And Aaron, as we go into this game against Seattle, we've already talked about how it, it kind of hurts the Bears here with the rep situation. But we're getting down to the nitty-gritty here. The Bears have cut their roster down to 85. They're going to have to cut it down to 80 by next Tuesday and then down to 53 again um, the following Tuesday ahead of the season where things kind of start to ramp up. 
for you, you know, we've talked about the starters. We've talked about Tevin Jenkins. We've talked about Larry Borum. Who are some guys that maybe caught your eye on Saturday that you're looking forward to here on Thursday? Maybe, you know, doesn't have to be bottom of the roster guys could be, you know, players still fighting for um, a spot on the depth chart or potentially, you know, even the roster spot, who are some guys that you're going to keep an eye on? Well, can we both agree that this whole cut down period when <laughs> yep. like this whole, the, the, these two cut down periods are so damn pointless, look, right? Let me like, ask you this. Cause I was thinking about this the other day. Did they, I remember the old format was the, the old format was, it was just the cut down day, right? No, so the old format used to be, I think it was, you had to cut down to 70 after like the second preseason okay. game, and then you had to get to yeah. 53, but then... They switched it, was, it. Yeah, I think it was last year. I think it was last year. Did they um, did, did they switch it to the cut down days and then to just one cut down day and now yeah, back to they, cut down days? They had days? that for one year. Yeah. Yes, that's what I was thinking. I man, I heard someone in the media room say, "Oh, the Bears got to cut down the roster on Tuesday." A couple of days ago, and I thought to myself, "They definitely did something where they had multiple days, and then they had one day, and now they're back to multiple days." Yeah, it just it, to me, it, it seems so counterproductive for a, a multitude of different reasons. But I mean, if you think about it, like the closer you get to the end of preseason, the less your starters are going to play, even in this three-game format. I mean, the reality of it is, is that the three game, the, the third game is going to be mostly backups for most teams. So it's like, one, why why cut down? Because then you're risking playing, you know, players that might actually matter as messed up as that sounds, like that might actually matter to your roster and risk them getting hurt. And then the other part is, you know, from the other side of it, from the player side of it, like, I'm sure that those guys, you know, that 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 second, you know, those 10 players that end up getting cut or whatever would love a chance to get another game or two on film. It just the whole thing doesn't make any sense to me, but whatever. I, I mean, that's obviously beside the point. It just it's just it never ceases to amaze me. Like there's just no logical reason to cut down uh, rosters, at least that I've heard um, to cut down rosters before games where these guys can actually go out and put enough on film to get picked up by another team. But anyway. Um, in terms of what I'm looking for, I mean, I'll, I'll, I guess I'll just name off a few offensively and defensively. I think offensively, uh, you know, Valus Jones Jr. being, you know, being back and it sounds like he's going to play. I think that's obviously a big one just because obviously you want to see what you have in your third round pick. And, you know, he's going to have to play. I wouldn't say a huge role, but he's going to have to play a decent role this year, just considering what's going on. And I think the other one. And kind of the obvious one is going to be the offensive line, you know, and, and, and this really kind of comes down to, I would say, the three young guys. And that would be obviously Braxton Jones. I'd like to see a little bit more of him. I know that the starters may only play like 10 snaps. Hopefully his sake, he plays like 20, 25. Um, I'd like to see Larry Borm more because I thought Larry Borm actually looked pretty good between right tackle and left tackle. And obviously Tevin Jenkins. I mean, how is he going to look at right guard? You know, those are those are three names that, again, I mean, that that's a big part of the future right there. If they can hit on two of those three guys, you know, it doesn't matter what positions on the offensive line. They can hit on two of those three guys. They can be, become above average starters. That's huge. And I think defensively, you know, kind of another one like Bayless Jones Jr. Um, is going to be Kyler uh, Gordon. I mean, obviously, really, you know, you hear all this stuff in camp. You hear all this stuff in the offseason programs. I really want to see one, what he's going to look like. And then two, how are they going to use him? Because he's been, you know, sliding into nickel a lot. And I would assume when they go to base packages, which is not going to be much at all, that he's going to be the other boundary corner. Uh, and then, you know, kind of the other one's going to be those two linebackers again, man. Like, 
it's weird because obviously the Roquan Smith situation is still going on. That's not getting any better. But there were some impressive, at least in my opinion, there were some impressive uh, performances by the linebacking crew. I mean, Matt Adams looked really good. I, I thought Matt Adams was probably one of the better one of the better linebackers, you know, coming out on the team. Obviously, want to see a little bit more more from Joe Thomas. But I think the two obvious names right now are Jack Sanborn, the undrafted rookie uh, free agent out of uh, Wisconsin, who had just a hell of a game, man. I mean, a tackle for loss, a forced fumble. Uh, he had, obviously, the interception. He had seven total tackles. Two of those were on special teams. And I think Demarcus Gates is another guy who had a really good game. Um, so it's going to be interesting. And uh, I'm sorry, when I said he had a forced fumble, I meant Demarcus Gates actually had the forced fumble. I know on the broadcast they were saying that it was uh, – I can't remember. They were saying it was somebody I, else. I think Sam – did Sam Burn have the recovery? Yeah, he had the recovery. That's what yeah. it was. So, yeah, those would be those would be kind of the names. And, again, I mean, some of those guys are kind of bottom of the roster. But, again, look at the linebacker situation right now. The Bears are going to have to have three linebackers on the field at some points in time. And if, if Roquan Smith isn't on the field or isn't on the team here in a few weeks, then they, they could use somebody like a Jack Sanborn or even a guy like Demarcus Gates stepping up for him. I mean, these – Again, these rosters, these roster spots are not going to be wasted. Like these, you know, the, all 53 of these guys on the roster right now are going to be meaningful. You know, whoever makes that makes the roster and sticks, those guys are going to be meaningful in some way, shape or form. Doesn't mean all of them are going to pan out, but it means that all of them are going to have a chance to pan out and they're going to get a chance to actually show what they have. The, the biggest winner for me on Saturday, and I know you, you liked what you saw from Matt Adams out there at linebacker. I still think Roquan Smith almost won the day. I, I don't think you could look at that and say, man, the Bears would be better off Roquan Smith. I don't think they were terrible on Saturday. Um, I just think it kind of shows like the Bears, the defense, they still need, they still need Roquan Smith out there. And that's a whole other situation that, you know, we could do three or four straight podcast episodes on, especially with the latest on this. Saint Omni guy or whatever Omni Saint uh, calling teams for him. But like I said, that's a, that's a conversation for another day. Um, kind of going back to Saturday and looking forward to Thursday. I mean, I agree with you on pretty much all those players. Um, and Jack Sanborn was, was, was fantastic out there. Lake Zurich kid, local kid who, who get, got his chance. And I think he's a legit contender for a, a spot in the 53 man roster. And what's kind of going to help him is, you know, they have with or without Roquan, they have a need for more linebacker depth, but also his special teams value too. He was out there a little bit on special teams. If he could make some plays flashing on special teams, um, that, that definitely helps his case kind of carrying over to the special teams, um, same with special teams here. Another guy who, you know, I, I've been high on him coming out of North Carolina was Daz Newsome. And man, he botched that, that, that punt. And then they put on a, uh, they added another penalty to it. And the bears were kind of backed up. And that was the only punt that Newsome fielded in that game. And he made the mistake and they immediately switched him out of there, which is not a good sign for a guy who, you know, I don't think he was going to make the roster, but I thought he could have been, you know, player like anywhere player 54 to, to 60 in that area might've been one of the later ones to get cut, depending on what happens with the wide receivers. He did respond with a catch for a touchdown and a nice end around, but you can't make those mistakes on special teams. So how will special teams kind of impact this roster on Thursday? Because that's where a lot of these guys are going to look at and to, to make impacts and show coaches. I mean, typically, you know, you get five or six guys who not special teams stand out, but special teams 
helps them in a way to make the roster, if that kind of makes sense. And, you know, looking at the, the secondary, obviously Kyler Gordon's a big one out there. Um, I kind of want to see how he does in his first game. And, and not only that, where does he line up most of the time? Will he be lining up in the slot? Will he be lining up on the boundary? Because I, to be honest, I've kind of been impressed with with um, Jalen Jones out of Ole Miss. He's gotten some time with the first and second team now that the Bears have had injuries to Tavon Young. They've had injuries to Thomas Graham. They've had injuries to Kyler Gordon. He's got a little run in practice, and he, he hasn't looked terrible. He's not a guy that I, I think is a guarantee to make the roster or might even come close to it, but if he continues to play like this, he might be in that conversation, especially if the injuries continue. Because I don't know when Thomas Graham's going back. We don't know what the Tavon Young injury is. It looks like Kyler Gordon's healthy. But the thing with Kyler Gordon is, do you play him in the slot and the outside? His impact might, in a way, you know, if this makes sense, be determined if the Bears have a healthy boundary corner opposite of Jalen Johnson. Because right now it's been Lamar Jackson. It's been Kendall Vilder. Duke Shelley's been getting some reps. And none of those three, to me, have really stood out. So I'll be kind of curious to see what the Bears do with Kyler Gordon, if they keep him on the inside, they keep him on the outside, who emerges as another defensive back. Um, you know, Can someone like Jalen Jones stun us and win a roster spot with some good play? I still think you know, the secondary is going to be a strong part of this defense, but they have some questions here going into this third game, uh, um, or second preseason game. So is it just me, or do you have the same feeling in terms of, like I, I think the Bears' special teams may actually be a strong point for them this year. Man. Oh, dude, some... Trent Gill, some... man. <laughs> What'd you say? Trent Gill was fantastic dude, on Saturday. Trent Gill was really good. Obviously, Cairo Santos is Cairo Santos, but I mean, even like their coverage units, and I, I, they had the one. It was, I think, it was Lamar Jackson was the one that had, or maybe it was, it was a DB of some sort had like a blocking in the back. I can't remember who it was. I, I think it was, was uh, was the was it the person that was cut today? Was it Stanley? It could have been. I, I can't I remember because, yeah, Stanley had one of those. Like, he was uh, – because he got hurt relatively early in the second half from what I remember. All, I mean, all the guys that they actually cut today were all guys that were hurt. Because um, I know what was the the linebacker that they signed. Yeah. It was like the CFL linebacker that some people are making uh, a big deal about. Javon um, White. Javon Javin White. Yeah, Javon Javin White. White or whatever. Yeah, Javin he – yeah. I mean, you could see – like, he. I mean, he tore his ACL, but you could see the injury – it happened on a special teams play, but either way, man, I mean, Jack Sanborn was flying around. He had the two tackles, uh, you know, they're going to have, and that's kind of the thing is they're going to have some of these bottom of the roster guys that are going to have to play special teams. And I, I don't know, like there was just a different, to me, there was a little bit of a different vibe. And again, it was mainly second and third stringers, but there was a different vibe where those guys were rallying around the ball and it went defensively as well. Like we haven't seen that type of defense since really Vic Fangio, but even going back even further, you know, Lovey Smith, which is kind of what we were expecting. But yeah, I think DB is going to be interesting. Cause like you said, I mean, you, 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 you listed off a lot of names that haven't been practicing and it's kind of unfortunate because I feel like Thomas Graham is kind of that one guy where I had him kind of circled in as, I don't know if I call him an X factor, but kind of that guy that that could really, really help the defensive backs as a whole because he has some versatility where he can play outside. I think he's going to be better inside. Um, but, you know, unfortunately with him going out with a hamstring, he was week to week. Hopefully at some point soon they'll get him back because it's it's a situation where I think he put enough on tape last year to where I think if they cut him, they could be, you know, it could be one of those situations where they could end up losing him. And then, you know, a guy like Tavon Young, it's, 
it's kind of the same old, same old with him. He's he just his inability to stay healthy. When he's healthy, he's one of the better nickel corners in the league. But the problem is he hasn't been able to stay healthy. And I mean, we've we've seen the Duke Shelley show. I don't know how many times. And quite frankly, I understand that they seem to be higher on Kendall Vildor than most. But we've seen the Kendall Vildor show too, and he was one of the worst corners in the league last year. So. Yeah, it, it's going to be interesting. Hopefully they can get some of these guys back. Obviously, Kyler Gordon will be coming back. Uh, you know, a, an undrafted free agent like Jalen Jones showing up would be really good. Um, obviously, hopefully they get Thomas Graham back soon. Tavon, you know, Tavon Young. I mean, Young's still relatively – I mean, he's still relatively young for, you know, all things considered. I want to say he's only like 28, 29. So he's maybe not like a super long future piece, but he's somebody that you could probably, if he has a solid year, you can probably get him back for two or three years at a reasonable price. But yeah, I think DB as a whole, I mean, they got some good, they got some good depth uh, at safety too. I, I think DB as a whole is not going to be nearly as big of an issue for them as in years past. Um, but yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see um, just kind of how things pan out. I think, I, I, I don't know. I mean, my feelings are still kind of the same. I think defensively, they're not going to be elite. You know, they may not even be top 10. That's fine. But I think that there's a lot going for them defensively where, you know, you get a few pieces next year, you know, you get, you know, you just get three tech figured out, you get another edge rusher, figure out what's going on with uh, Robert Quinn. And I think you're going to be in pretty good shape. And I also think it's worth noting, speaking of uh, defensive end, I mean, the fact that Dominique Robinson was getting some um, some run with the ones, uh, you know, during practice says a little bit, too, because, man, he was he had a few very impressive snaps. Charles Snowden was kind of the guy that I had highlighted coming in camp as somebody who could take a big step forward. And, you know, that really hasn't happened quite yet. But the fact that Robinson's already getting some run with the ones, I mean, again, we've talked about it multiple times. There was two defensive linemen uh, with with the Colts last year under Matt Eberflus's defense that played over 70% of the snaps. And that was DeForest Buckner, and that was Alquadine Muhammad. So there is going to be a lot of rotation on that defensive line. Defensive ends, defensive tackles, doesn't really much matter. So if you can get a fifth-round you know, rookie in there that is basically a converted receiver and he has all the athleticism and he's got all the raw tools that you need, I mean, getting him some experience this year and this type of year would be huge as well. Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. That's why I'm excited that Unified Healing is sponsoring podcasts on the Blue Wire Network. Unified Healing is a new and super innovative global network of wellness centers powered by Energy Enhancement System, or EE System. If you haven't heard of the EE System yet, then you'll want to listen up. This technology promotes wellness, deep relaxation, purification, and rejuvenation. Wherever you are across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE System technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com slash bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's unified, U-N-I-F-Y-D, healing.com slash bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system. Yeah, and, you know, the rotation on the defensive line is, is, is interesting to me, and it becomes more and more important as the practices and preseason go on. And watching them out there Monday, the two-minute drill, that defense just lit up the offensive line. And Braxton Jones and Riley Reeve 
really struggled on the day against that pass rush. And it wasn't just Robert Quinn. I mean, it's one thing for Robert Quinn to dominate Braxton Jones. That's going to happen. Veteran rookie Quinn's turning it on here, but you look and, and I had Sam Kamara getting a sack. I had Alquadin Muhammad getting some pressures, Travis Gibson getting a sack, Dominic Robinson got a, a pressure. And that's a guy who I thought played really well on Saturday. And, you know, he's he's a freak of an athlete. And if he can kind of master his craft and, you know, kind of take the same route that Travis Gibson almost took. I mean, I think he's a little more athletic than Gibson, but kind of learn those those moves. He could turn into a legit pass rusher in this league, but I, I think his pass rush is going to be a little better than people expect. And, and I'm going to keep an eye on that on, on Thursday as well, because they have, looks like a rotation about four guys right now that can come in and, and move around here on this defensive line um, on the end and kind of get pressure with the quarterbacks. So you're not always relying on Robert Quinn, you know, maybe uh, Kodin Muhammad and, and Travis Gibson split reps and, and, and Robinson comes in on maybe third downs or situational, um, drives as well and it's gonna be interesting to watch here on thursday night in terms of the defensive line rotation how many guys play what because i gotta imagine robert quinn if he does play will be on a, a you know that six snap count that um Matty put out that's just more opportunity for someone like dominic robinson and then someone you know maybe like trevis gibson as well to, to kind of shine Aaron, before we kind of wrap things up here uh just give me one thing you're looking for uh, on thursday night maybe a, is it a player is it a Something, something, just anything. It could be anything you want. Well, I think, you know, unfortunately, because of what Matt Eberflus talked about today and the fact that really the starters aren't going to see a lot of reps, um, I, I think that kind of takes the offense and Justin Fields out of the equation a little bit, at least for me. I think really what I'm going to be looking for is, again, more production from this rookie class because I'll tell you what, man, like it's hard not to have some warm and fuzzies uh about how that defensive uh, sorry not defensive how the how the overall rookie class looked man there were there were quite a few guys you know undrafted free agents included that showed up pretty well um so i think again this is another opportunity for them to get in there and maybe not exactly carve out a role but get the opportunity to carve out a role and as we've seen i mean we just talked about it not too long ago with this new coaching staff they are willing to give anybody that is playing well, an opportunity to build on that. And I think that's going to be huge, whether that's on the offensive line, whether that's Kyler Gordon, uh, whether that's Valus Jones, whether that's Jack Sanborn. I mean, there's just a multitude of different guys that can do themselves a lot of good. I mean, even a guy like, uh, you know, Carter at, you know, on the interior offensive line, maybe, maybe, you know, he, he gets himself in the right guard competition, or maybe he gets himself closer to making the roster. I don't know, but you know, again, like this for me, the, the entire name of the game this year is going to be figuring out as many answers as completely possible moving out of 2022. And I think some of that groundwork starts in the preseason. I think they got off to a good start last week in that regard. And I think they can do even more for themselves this week. Yeah. You know, for me, uh, I'm going to go with the wide receiver position again. I think um, looking at this, it doesn't look like Brian Pringle is going to play. Obviously, Nikhil Harry is not going to play. Bayless Jones should get some run. Who can kind of emerge? Tajay Sharp had a nice game on Saturday with a really nice catch. Um, can EQ St. Brown have a nice game? Who, who's going to emerge as a guy who, who might be able to steal a roster spot, whether it's through special teams, whether it's through wide receiver? Um, you know, Nasimba Webster, can he, can he steal a spot? Someone like that. I think that's going to be important no matter who the quarterback is. And, um, you know, I'll be watching for that on Thursday. Hopefully the Bears can get someone to emerge. 
Uh, it just kind of feels like there's been really no one outside of Darnell Mooney that's really stood up on a consistent basis and had a strong preseason, strong training camp so far. So, yeah, that's what I'm going to be kind of looking forward to um, on Thursday. Aaron, uh, where can everyone follow you on Twitter at and where can they read your work? Yeah, you can find me at Aaron Lemming NFL on Twitter and you can read my work at thebearreport.com. Awesome. Uh, you can follow the Bear Report on Twitter at Just Bear Report. You can follow me on Twitter at Zach Z-A-C-K underscore Pearson. Please rate, review, subscribe to this podcast and all major podcasting platforms. Leave us the review. Rate us. It helps us in a ranking on Apple um, Podcasts, Spotify Podcasts, whatever you listen to. And until next time, everyone, please stay safe. It's happening daily. We're being conned by the institutions we used to trust. The mainstream media is distracting us with meaningless headlines instead of focusing on the harsh realities facing American families. Time is short before something big happens, and that's why so many folks are preparing. They're becoming self-reliant by investing in emergency food storage from My Patriot Supply. Go to MyPatriotSupply.com and secure four-week emergency food kits for each member of your family. Each kit contains tasty breakfasts, lunches, and dinners, averaging over 2,000 calories per day. Save $50 on each four-week food kit you purchase. Plus, get free shipping on Ready Hour four-week emergency food kits. You're not ready if it's not Ready Hour foods. At My Patriot Supply, you can also get solar power generators, water filtration units, heirloom seeds, and survival gear. Order by 3 p.m., and your unmarked boxes ship the same day. Shop MyPatriotSupply.com today. MyPatriotSupply.com.